Hello everyone and welcome to Pocket Thoughts. I want to apologize ahead of time that the sound quality at times is not the best and we're trying to figure that out, but we still have a great show ahead for you guys. On today's episode, we talk about making the commitment when it comes to entrepreneurship. We get into topics such as risk, being scared to fail, being honest with yourself, and much, much more. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy the episode. today we've got another great show ahead for you guys we are talking about making the commitment now i've been thinking about this a lot because i had no idea how i was going to start off this intro but last week we talked about learning takes a lot of commitment and i think something that i touched on when we first started that was i basically said it was a bold take that i could learn anything and I think, well, I said I could learn anything, and it was making the commitment to do that. And I'm not the type of person that wants to take that commitment when it comes to some of that stuff, just because I don't care for some of that. So I guess I could just start with a little idea of what I was thinking. And what I was really thinking about is when I think about entrepreneurs in general, I feel like a lot of them kind of answer a bunch of important questions before they make a commitment. And I think here at Educating Entrepreneurs, because we're trying to teach people how to dive into that world of entrepreneurship or how they could start a company or really what our courses will be designed around is how to start a successful company. And I think when it comes to making a commitment to entrepreneurship, you need to ask yourself five questions. And we can go anywhere from these five questions or we could just completely ignore them. But when it comes to making commitment, I think, I think people need to think about what other obligations they have. Where's their time divvied up? What kind of resources do they have? Because realistically, launching a business entails a whole lot of risk. I think most entrepreneurs can manage and even minimize those risks in certain ways. And we've touched on it in other podcasts. But I think a risk-free venture is impossible. And I think all of you guys can agree with that. Even when we did it with zero money, like the time aspect and eventually you risk money in the future when you start making it, like it's just, it's risk-free. And many entrepreneurs that jump all in don't commonly have children to raise. They don't commonly have extra mouths to feed They don't usually have significant demands on their time or finances. And I'm talking about the entrepreneurs that legitimately leave their nine to five job and jump in, you know, being unpaid. All the risk is out there. I'm not talking about the person that explores their passion for three hours a week. So I think if you do have a lot of obligations, you should think twice about giving up a steady paycheck to start your own company. I think you should ask yourself, If you make the commitment to become an entrepreneur, who else will be coming along for the ride and who will it affect? If the answer leads you to conclude that the risk is too big, you just need to figure out how to reduce that risk. If you figure out how to reduce the risk, it just, it makes it way better. And if the risk isn't that big, maybe you just need to think about what's holding you back. Like what are those irrational fears? The second question I think you need to explore before making the commitment is what kind of support systems do you have? I think all of us can agree with this. When you make a commitment to entrepreneurship, like even with EE, even if it's just a couple hours a week, like the commitment is still a commitment. Like we need each other as a team. When one of us falls off the bandwagon, we kind of all fall off the bandwagon because we need that motivation. People committing to entrepreneurship kind of need to surround themselves with people that will provide the emotional support, the encouragement, the good advice, and they need to commit to surrounding themselves with successful entrepreneurs or successful people within whatever industry they're going into. 
Because the people that are successful in those worlds or those industries, they kind of have the idea, they have that different background of what life looks like and what you have to go through to become successful. So like you need to commit to that. And honestly, just entrepreneurship can be really hard. It can be really lonely. And without the support and encouragement, it's going to be impossible to commit. The third thing I think you need to ask yourself is what is the opportunity cost? And when you think about the true cost of pursuing an entrepreneurial opportunity, like there's a lot more to it than just leaving a nine to five job and a paycheck. Like you need to carefully consider the opportunity cost of making a commitment. And you may find that it's useful to list like the worst case outcomes in an event. And then you need to choose like essentially with those worst case outcomes, are you willing to fail over and over and do that for months and still commit to the bit long term? So opportunity costs are just really big. And the fourth one is just what is your record of achievement, creation, and reinvention? I don't think you have to be, I don't know, maybe I do, but I think most entrepreneurs have a gift of self-creation in some aspect, right? Like, I think you need to take an inventory of your accomplishments and you need to ask yourself whether your record of achievement and creativity actually suggests that you'll be likely to succeed as an entrepreneur. I don't think you have to limit yourself just to the business world, but before you commit, I think you need to look at your academics, your hobbies, your sports, your arts, even your family experiences and see if you have been basically one of those overachievers or if you're coming up short. And I think for all those people that are interested in entrepreneurship, if you have been coming up short, that doesn't mean you don't need to jump, you can't jump into entrepreneurship. I think it just might be smart to start with more limited goals before undertaking the challenges of committing to a full-time company. The last one, number five, I think it just comes down to what is your risk tolerance before jumping in and committing? I don't really have a lot to say on that. I just think the biggest risk for many entrepreneurs is the danger of becoming mediocre. Like a lot of people I know that have become successful entrepreneurs, they just don't want to be mediocre. Just that's just it. That's their biggest risk. But I think there are a lot more risks, you know, obviously when you jump into entrepreneurship, but I just think asking yourself those questions before you commit to this long-term journey is kind of something that I would like us to explore. And if we want to go down different avenues, I think that's perfect as well. So I think there's a lot of different avenues we can go down regarding commitment and entrepreneurship. Um, I think, and I forgot what you called those five things. What were they, they called? Call, that you, you were just naming? Um, I, I just thought, I didn't call them really anything. I just oh. think they're important questions that individuals should be asking themselves before they jump in. Because right. I don't know how, I, I'm just curious about how we as a team can emphasize like how important commitment is or like how much you should be thinking about it before you go on. And like I said, and I think we need to make clear, if you're doing something for three to five hours, like I don't believe that's the commitment we're talking about right now. We're talking about actually running a company and we've had experience with that and we know what you need to think through beforehand. And also I think some of us have experience with, jumping in even if it is a few hours a week and then saying i can't i need to take a step back you know you're going more the approach of kind of just evaluating um yourself and your commitment level prior to um jumping into this whole thing yeah that's a good place to start because i mean we have some as i do great examples of of commitment and how maybe it's not commitment as much of commitment to the passion that's going on. Um, I mean, we could use an example of, of me with Educate Entrepreneurs. Had the commitment going in to EE um, and uh, eventually just had a serious kind of time to think for myself, is this kind of long-term what I would want to be doing? And first off, that should have been a conversation with myself that I should have had prior to us being eight months into this whole deal. However, I had it a little late. And so I decided that, you know, I, I wasn't as committed to this passion as, as these other people are. 
So I kind of took a step back. And I think that's important for you to have this conversation with yourself and see kind of, are you committed to not only putting the time in, that's one big thing, obviously, but are you committed to this, this whole goal that um, you or your team is pursuing? And if not, then you probably shouldn't be pursuing that long-term. I don't want to say definitely because maybe there's some exceptions there, um, but probably you shouldn't be pursuing that. But I think kind of the, what you hit on there was really important for evaluating um, your commitment. And I know EE has a lot of great tools, not trying to <laughs> plug, but we have a lot of great tools for doing that. Um, I know we have like the risk tolerance task, I, I believe that we have um, and, and some other, or you guys have some other few things in, in lesson one that allow you to really not only see if, I mean, see if you're committed, but see if you have kind of attributes of an entrepreneur. So, I mean, there's a different kind of avenue that I took to this commitment thing, but we can talk about this evaluation stage prior to um, a little more if we want. But I would say based off of the commitment, and you guys can chime in too, I think what most people don't understand is when you first are starting something, it's really fun and exciting. A brand new idea is super exciting. It's fun to just have a team come together and work on some stuff and see what you can create because the optimism is super high. But the commitment part of things is like when you commit yourself or you're just sit there starting a business and going, here's the deal. This is just what it is. It doesn't matter what feelings I have from here on out. I'm committed to this deal for at least X amount of years to see if it works or it doesn't work. Like I'm just committed. doesn't matter how much I start to hate it. doesn't matter what it is. I'm just committed to the, the gig. Like, this is something I feel like I should be doing and now I'm committed because the truth is, you know, when you're, I think we've all felt this in some way, whether it was EE or three timbers or something like at the beginning of a season or the beginning of your company, things are really fun. And when you're a month in five months in two years into doing the same freaking thing over and over and over again, you start to think, Oh, maybe this isn't what I'm meant to do after all. Or like, this This pretty much sucks. But your commitment to it, that's your only chance of actually making something. Because most every entrepreneur you talk to will explain that they had a point in their company. And by point, they don't mean one month. They mean years. Where they sat there and were like, this is just hell. But the commitment got them through it. And at the back, at the end of that period of hell like things got really good and it became really fun again you know but i don't know what your guys' takes on that is that's why i think the commitment portion of it is really important because i think too many people just jump off after a few months either thinking it's not what they're meant to do or it's not going to work or whatever else what, what do you think people do to make it fun again is it just switching up the way you're doing things or how do you see that changing I honestly think it becomes fun again once you change your mindset. What is the book by Tony Robbins, the finance book that most of us have read? At the end of that book, I think at the end of the book, he talks about his life lessons on how he's the only one that controls if he's having a good or bad day. And it's his mindset where he wakes up every morning saying, no matter what, I'm going to wake up saying it's going to be a good day. And the only reason I can be in a bad mood is because of me. And I think with entrepreneurship as well, it's like if you get to the point where you actually look yourself in the mirror and go, this is going to be hell. This journey is what it is. Every day sucks, but this is the journey to make it like things start to become more fun when you accept it because like any setback becomes oh my gosh, that's going to be fun to add to the story. Like it just is what it is because you're fully committed. And so I think once you fully commit, it becomes like a, the different mindset. I think that's what makes it a lot easier and more fun. Well, um, you know, first off, it is unspeakable. I just checked. Um, so just for everyone listening. Um, Great book. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable book. Do you have any stats on like the percent of 
or somewhere around this, the percent of startups that are, are failing versus succeeding, like now versus 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? I don't. I don't even know if that's out there. I was just curious. I don't either. Um, I mean, but we've all heard the stats, right? What What is the statistic? Like 60% of businesses fail after the first year and then like 70% of the ones going into the second year fail, but by the end of five years, 95% of them fail. So like you get over that point and you're pretty much a sweet looking company. And I think that comes down to the commitment. I agree. Well, and I, I think this is a really interesting topic that I think both you and Joey brought up. Um, for the reason that I think like our, our age, like around our age, especially the workforce coming up, is moving more and more towards like the not committed and churn out of places. And I'm not talking about just entrepreneurship. I'm talking about jobs in general. Um, it used to be like, you, you took a job and like you wouldn't leave for at least two years after you took it. Now there's people that like the first time they have an opportunity, like six months, eight months, nine months in, people are churning out of jobs to take new roles. Um, there's not much commitment to the company. There's not much commitment to what they're doing. It's just like, oh, I want to try something new. Oh, I want to travel to this new location. Um, and people are jumping ship. Um, and I think that can be good and bad. It's It's been interesting to me because I agree with you that I'm on the, I'm on the mindset of, like you should be committed to something for some period of time. But I definitely think that the workforce right now um, and coming up is probably going to become more and more like every time there's an opportunity I can move, like with how interconnected everything is. Um, and companies aren't seeing it as bad of a thing anymore. If you're saying like, oh, I was there for nine months, got the experience I needed, and then I left. Whereas like, in my opinion, five, 10 years ago, people like that would be career suicide, or at least people would tell you that coming out of college, like no one would say like, oh yeah, if you're there for nine months and you find a new position, like jump. Whereas I think people would say like, that's no problem now. And I'm curious if that affects or if that rolls over into entrepreneurship as well, um, where you have people that like, oh, I have this great idea. I'm passionate about it. Start it up, um, do it for a year. And then they're like, oh, well, I'm not passionate about this anymore. And then I stopped doing it. It's just an interesting topic to explore because I, I think this is like at the center of kind of what you were talking about and you bring it up kind of spurred my, my idea on that. Because I, I do, I think it's tough for people, especially now to say like, oh yeah, I'm going to go out of this, like commit to this entrepreneurship thing, which if you want to test it truthfully, like you have to be committed for a year, a year or multiple years at a time. You can't just say like, oh, I'm going to go in and try this for six months and see what happens. Um, Cause that's not a good test case and it's never going to work. But in, in, in like corporate world or in a standard job, it's really easy to do that now. And it's not frowned upon to do that. So I think a lot of people are like, it's a safety route to say like, oh, I can go do corporate. Like if in nine months I want to go jump and do something else, I go jump, do, do that. But in entrepreneurship, it's stuck. Like it's on me. I can't just like, like I can't jump ship in a year. I mean, you can, but you're folding then like all the time you put in, all the money you put in and like maybe not much to show for it. So I'm curious if that plays any effect or is if anybody else sees that as well. I would personally say that the corporate route versus like the entrepreneurial route, it's two different worlds in like a certain sense. Like if you think about our parents, you brought up a really good point. How many of, how many people our parents' ages were jumping around from company to company? No one. They were all sitting there for 20 years, 30 years, working their way up their ladder, putting in their time, retiring. Like our generation isn't like that. Our generation is just, you know, bounce from passion to passion, explore what you should be doing. And I, I actually, I love that. I love the idea of you should be always exploring your passion. And honestly, if I was in a corporate setting, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't go to one job, be there for nine months. And while I'm there for nine months, be looking at other opportunities and be job hunting while I'm getting paid at a certain job and then go find a job that pays me five grand more, move to that location, get more experience, keep job searching until eventually I just find something that's amazing, you know? But when it comes to entrepreneurship, I think we all know this to be fact. That's just, that's not sustainable. Like Brady just brought up, you're not, you're not building anything in nine months or you're not going to build anything that's big, I guess. I think you could build something in nine months that pays you 40 grand a year. I think you could. I mean, you could go out there and just start marketing for people. You could start doing social media for people. You could set up a retail store online. 
like you could find that 40 grand a year. But if you're looking to do more than 40 and build an actual company, there's no way to jump around. There's just too much that goes into a business. Like it's going to take you a month just to incorporate. It's going to take you a couple months just to build whatever you need to build. Like it's going to take you a couple months to understand your customer. And then it's going to take you a couple years to become an expert on what you're doing. Like you only build your business so big and you can only build it so big after you become an expert. You know, most people always live by that 10,000 hour rule. You know, you put in 10,000 hours into anything, you become an expert in it. And I personally believe maybe you don't need to do exactly 10,000 hours, but you knew you need to put in your hours to become an expert at your business. And if you're putting in the hours and then moving right away, well then you're just constantly starting at zero. And that's the tough part. So I think that's a tough thing for entrepreneurship. I think there are some caveats. Like I think about people that have built like incredible personal brands and stuff like that, or maybe build a company once where they put in the time and built it into something big. They're able to quickly build things off of that because I mean, you just look at someone like a Gary Vee and I always use it as an example just because of his social media. Like he has such a huge community now because of the time he put in for one company he can now bounce from company to company to company to company and he can build them really quick but it's important to realize it's because he committed to one for a super long time before he made it work so he could do that in the future so that's what i think in the corporate versus entrepreneurship world i guess yeah, yeah i agree with that, that. it's, it's just, just it's an interesting topic because I, I think you're right that like our parents it's not like they worked at like like five, like so many people were just like dedicated and hard set on their company. Like even if they didn't love it or didn't like, it wasn't in their field. It was just like, well, I'm here and now I'm going to like put in the time to get like move up in the company. But I don't think that's as transferable in um, entrepreneurship. I was just reading an article earlier. Um, I was, I don't know if it was yesterday or sometime this week. And I think Bobby, you brought it up at the start, but it said, I have them down here. Like 40% of Americans are right now are struggling to pay their bills. Half of jobs in the United States pay less than eighteen fifty an hour, and a third pay less than fifteen dollars an hour, um, which to me is like mind-boggling. I think that's so crazy. I think Bobby, you brought it up, is that like part of it is commitment is scared of like jumping in when you lose that paycheck. If you do, if you're moving from like a job to a not job to like a to entrepreneurial world, starting up your own company, part of that is like I'm losing that steady income. Well, like if your income, if half the U.S. is pay, is getting paid less than eighteen fifty an hour, take taxes and everything else out of that. Like, why wouldn't you roll the dice and start your own company? That's what we did when we started. Like, we were we were making that amount of money at I don't know what it was like high school time. Like, um, and we were fortunate to do it. Like, it, it worked out well. But like, if that's the case, me personally, I don't know why. I just figured like that number would be like. $30 an hour or like $35 an hour. And I get that. Then it's like, Oh, I have the security blanket, but it's like, if you're already having a tough time getting by, it's like, why wouldn't you just try and do like, even like if you did have a job, like start posting for like services or ads or something like, and test the waters. I just, to me, it's, that's not enough of a safety blanket to be like, Oh, this is so good. I'm not ready to jump into entrepreneurship. I don't know. Is that, is that, does that sound crazy to you guys? Less than 1850 an hour, less than half or more than half of the United States. Is, is that like jobs available or is that just in general? As in general. To, to me, me, that, that blows, blows my mind. mind. Like, like, I mean, I, mean, I can't, can't imagine. You got to think a lot of those people, like families, mortgages, yeah. everything else. Yeah. I have days when I'm like, how am I going to pay for this? I have nothing but myself, you know, and I'm living with three other people splitting the rent, but I don't know. It just seems great. And like a third pay less than 15. God, I just think there's so much things you could do for $15 an hour. Maybe, maybe people don't want to do that. And they like just like being told what to do. I don't know. Um, I, it just stood out to me because Bobby yours was like, Oh, we have this safety blanket of a nice paycheck. And like, I can stay in this cushy role. And I think it's easy to think like that. But I think not everybody's in that situation. I think you're underestimating possibly how cushy $18 an hour can feel in a lot of places. Maybe. That's probably true. Yep. You know, like, at least when I think about it, what, 18, let's say you're working eight hours a day, what, you're getting about 150 a day? I mean, obviously you take taxes and stuff out of that, but 
but say 150 a day, you're coming out to what 750 a week. So, so you're, you're looking, looking at 148 a day, but you're looking, looking at, at I don't know, right, like, like let's say 10, 1. You're looking, looking at like, like yeah, 115 about. But still, you think about you think about people or like families. If it's two of them, they're coming up with a thousand bucks a week, and they're not commonly at a thousand bucks a week living in D.C. or San Francisco or Silicon Valley or anything like that. I mean, they are living in the suburbs. I just think like even at a thousand bucks a day, I mean a thousand bucks a week, like that's still something where they can look at their bills and go, well, I know every month I'm going to figure out how to put food on the table. I'm going to figure out how to pay rent. But I think the more important thing is I just wish more people based off of what you were saying, I wish more people, like I said, would just look at the worst case scenario of things. Because I do think if there's a bunch of people making under 15 or 13 or $10 an hour and they looked at worst case scenario of trying to make more or start a company that make would make a little more and they looked at what would happen if they failed or whatever else, I think if they really did worst case scenario, more people would be willing to jump in. Because I do worst case scenario all the time. Like... When I make a big decision where I'm like, I'm going to have to pour in a bunch of money or a bunch of time or whatever, or both, usually it's both. I always go, okay, if this goes belly up, my worst case scenario would be, hey, lovely wife, we're going to sell our cars. We are going to move out of our place. We might sell a property and we might just move in with the parents or we're going to downsize and when I think about it in worst case scenarios and I think if everything went the worst possible thing, that would be my life. I could survive with that life for a couple months. Like why well, figured out what else to do? Like if I had to go from a, an apartment to a very small apartment in the middle of nowhere for 300 bucks a month, I could do that. Like we could survive, you know, and I think we just build it up in our heads or we think about all the things we really like or want or in our quotes need. I think we failed to realize how much we can live without and how much the risk would actually be worth it. I think there's two problems with that. And I, I, I agree 100% with what you're saying because I think people should look at it with that mindset. I think the mindset that we don't look at it from, which is what you, you were just saying, is first off, like, Anywhere that you're going in the middle of nowhere that's getting you're getting rent for three hundred bucks a month, there's not jobs that are paying twenty bucks an hour. I'd be very I'd be very hesitant to to think that. I'm guessing those are on the lowest end of the spectrum. Um, but you you could probably find like where there are jobs for like twenty bucks an hour, like uh, maybe like five hundred bucks a month for month for rent. So like not that much more. I failed to think about this. But the other thing is you're all right selling everything off. Like if you got in a bad situation, you'd sell everything off, you live in the small apartment. And you you go out and figure it out, right? Like you're a smart, capable person. You're educated. Um, yeah. um, from from my knowledge, like you have like you have your degree. Um, you have plenty of connections. I think there's a lot of people that that's not the case. Like don't have connections with a bunch of people with jobs. Don't come from like uh, maybe didn't didn't get a college degree. Not that that's a problem, but may may have a tougher time where it's like. I agree. I'm the same way. Like, I think if I was out of a job, I'd be, I'd be totally down to like go out, sell my stuff. And I'd be confident that I could go get another one in, in, in weeks if, if need be. But I don't think that's the case for everyone. So I think people's fear is that like, you don't have a job, you lose a job. It's not like, Oh, I don't have a job for a couple of months. It's like, I could be searching for a job for a year. Like I, maybe I don't have a degree or I don't have like certain skills that whatever this, this job that's paying 20 bucks an hour, 18, 50 an hour might not have that. So it might be more, more of like a challenge or work or a, like, I could see how that'd be more pressing for someone not coming from like the, like college educate, like the college, um, very connected, like that, that, that world, the cushy background. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Outside of that, I, I actually agree with your numbers. So with two people, you're looking at $1,000 a week. Like, you're right. That is more more money than you're thinking about. I mean, average childcare in the U.S. is 1000 bucks a month. So there's like a quarter of it right away. And then you've got rent, which is like 500 bucks. 
Um, but other than that, yeah, I guess I, I think you're right that outside of that, yeah, you're going to have other costs and groceries and whatever, but you're still probably looking at like $1,500 left over a month. Um, and that's probably safer for people than saying like, oh, I'm going to go try and do my own thing. Because when you look at it with two people, it's, that is a little bit different. Yeah, there's there's so many different types of situations though that you have to think about. I mean, I mean even when I think about Brady, your situation you brought up, yeah, two two incomes um, and like childcare and everything like that, and and it's just like, how much is it to take care of a child? Yes, but if both people are working, oh, I have to pay for daycare too now and and all that, which is daycare is just insanely expensive from what I've heard. I have no children, but um yeah you you have to you have to think about the situation because i mean bobby what you brought up like i think doing the worst case scenario thing is awesome people don't i don't do that very much and i don't think a lot of people do and um however i don't think everyone has like certain things to fall back on like what if like i don't what if you don't even have a car already or like you don't have parents that you can go live with like there's there's just like certain situations that um, that that people have that they don't have certain luxuries like some of us do. And I, I mean, I have the same certain luxuries like I could go live with my parents if need be and things like that. I guess what I'm trying to say is there's there's just different situations. And that might be why some people are turning to these jobs that they think are cushy because what Brady was saying, yeah, they can cover. I mean, you got two people working that much and. Eighteen dollars uh, an hour. That's that's technically cushy almost um, for some people, and so I guess that's just it's all situational. You have to think about that aspect of it too. Like we brought up at the beginning, just if you actually sit down and start looking at your opportunity costs, you actually sit down and look at your support systems. Like we have the support systems. If you think about your risk tolerance. Like if you answered all those questions and you came to the conclusion of, you know, I don't have the support system. I don't have the parents I can move in with. I don't have a car. I don't have this. Me personally, I don't know what you guys think, but I would never encourage them to, hey, drop it all and go build a company. Well, I think that's your answer, right? right. Yeah. 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 It, it goes, goes with the whole, whole, I mean, the whole evaluation thing you were talking about at the beginning of the podcast is make that evaluation and then you can decide. Right, exactly, yeah, exactly what you're talking about. Correct. And that's if, that's if we're talking about the full commitment. So like, like do it for 14, 15, 16 hours a day. But I also think like there's the whole other side of things, right? If it's just you're only making 18 an hour and maybe you want to make more than that, like there's ways to get out there and set up a Shopify or like do what people recommend all the time, like go garage sailing go mow lawns, whatever it is for the extra eight hours that you have in your day. Like that's easy to start building it and slowly building something to the point where you can make the full-time commitment. But when it comes to the full-time commitment period, like I think all of those questions are what you should be answering before you make the full-time commitment or else it can be dangerous. It can put you in a really tough spot and it's just like, we don't encourage anyone to jump into entrepreneurship to screw themselves. Like, Entrepreneurs are really good at mitigating risk and they mitigate risk in a way where they know what's going to happen in worst case scenarios. Like that doesn't make them a pessimist. It's just like everything that I think about, I always think about, man, if all this goes to crap, like what are some potential job opportunities I have on the horizon? Like, like, you know, Brady, I've had opportunities at Optum and stuff like that. And I still reach out to them probably every four months and say, Hey, what's going on? Like everything's still going well with us. I just wanted to see what's going on in your innovation labs, see if I can be of any help. So at least those doors are still open where if everything does go to crap, I can go over there and crawl back and be like, I'll take it, <laughs> like, you know, but there's always that opportunity. One of my favorite quotes or like live by whatever is like burn the bridges like if you want to succeed like burn the bridges burn the boats because like the only thing you can do is move forward like it's a lot easier to to leave or go backwards when you have plenty of options to go backwards but if you like go forward and you're not like always like oh i could do this i could do this i could do this you're a lot more bought into what you're doing i think with that said i think with the point you just brought up bobby is a really good one and like 
with how interconnected everything is right now and how much access everyone has to everything, there's no reason that no matter what job you're in, whether you're making 20 grand a year or 200 grand a year, you shouldn't be doing exactly what you just said. Like reaching out to places, um, searching for what's out there. Like you should always be assessing your value in the marketplace. Um, and this is like for entrepreneurship, for, for jobs. But I think a lot of people are like, oh, like, I don't want to take the time to do that. But that's like ultimately how you go out and, and do this. Like, yeah, you go get paid 5,000 or 10,000 more. Or maybe like it's just an opportunity that fits you better. But, or if all goes to shit, like you have three places that are like, okay, well, I've been in contact with these, these places. And that's not like reach out to them every week. But like what you were saying, like every three months, every six months, just check, check in, say like, hey, how are you doing? Like grab coffee with somebody. Like it keeps those doors open so that like worst case scenario is, one of those two or three places that you're talking to, like everything goes to shit and you're like, okay, well I have this backup. Maybe it's not a perfect case scenario, but like it's something so that you're not like, oh, I'm drowning. What the hell do I do? Going off of that, I think Bobby, you got back to the topic that I wanted to get onto that Joey actually brought up earlier and surrounding like the commitment aspect of it. And Joey, you, you talked about like that going into this, like you, you thought you should have like thought it over more. Um, Cause you like had a good, like, you, you took that time and did it when you were in the business, but maybe you should have done that a little bit more before you started. And I'm curious to see what everybody thinks on this because I've always been on the team of like action over just waiting and thinking about it. But it comes to the, to the question of like, do you just jump in and start or do you take that time and quote unquote think it over when you haven't had like the experience of it, you don't really know what it's going to look like? Because I think that's a good question. Like you could sit there and deliberate for two, three, four, five months about like, oh, is this right for me? Do I really want to do this? Like, I like what I'm doing. Do I want to spend the extra time? Or you could just jump in and try it. And then sometimes it's going to happen like with what J Joey or, or I, like, hey, I'm, I'm overbooked right now. I can't do this or, or whatever reason. Like, I'm, I, I don't want to do this, um, whatever the case may be. I'm curious what's, what side of the fence people, people lean on when it comes to like, oh, I could sit and think about this forever or do I just jump in and take action on it? Because I've always been on the latter side of that, but I'd like to hear what people think. Cause I think that's, that's a big topic. And I, I like that Joey brought that up earlier. And then Bobby, you, you were just talking about it again. That goes back to be like when you should jump into um, entrepreneurship and how to do it. Um, because, you know, I did bring up the fact that maybe I should have gone through this process of really, really thinking through it prior to jumping into it. But at the same time, you don't know unless you do jump into it. So it's, it's really tough in that aspect. Um, and maybe I should have gone through more of an evaluation. Um, not to say I shouldn't have jumped into it, but maybe I should have gone through more of an evaluation prior to doing that. And, and the thing is, I was mitigating this risk by not quitting my job and going full full time into this. Um, and so that's another big thing of how to jump into it. And if you have a job, maybe keeping that if you're kind of unsure about something like, yeah, go for it, jump into it, but maybe keep your job. So you still have something to fall back on like, like this. And so, yeah, that's a really kind of interesting thing that I didn't think about was we're kind of people that just really like to jump into stuff and, and, uh, and try it out for size pretty much. That's, and that's how we learn. And I feel like that's how a lot of people learn. So, um, curious what you guys think about how, how to do that. And if you're, let's say, we do an value. You do an evaluation on yourself. You do a self evaluation, and you and you see that mm, this might not be the best fit for you, but you really want to do it. Where do you? How do you act? How do you act on that? Do you try to mitigate the risk through other things? Should I not even do it because maybe it says I shouldn't do it, um, but you really want to do it? Maybe. I mean, I think for mine, I think it's. See, uh, this is where I get confused myself because I go both ways on this. I think you should jump right into it. But also, I think with a company and just because I'm in the corporate setting that you should stick around. And just because I think you, you're not going to get, like you guys said, you're not going to get something in the first nine months that you're doing anything. You're not going to get out of it we thought you were going to. And I think that's why I would say stick around. But also, I think saying jump right into it and if you don't like it then you can just leave that's where i get confused because i can go both ways on that and i don't know like i guess i've been at the same company for three years and i think there's still things that i can explore within that company to learn more and explore different parts of it 
and see if I like it more. Because, I mean, right when I first got there, I was like, all right, this sucks. I don't want to keep doing this. And I wanted to just, like, get a new job within, like, the first month. And then as it went on, I was like, okay, this is not bad. I'm learning more. I'm exploring more opportunities within the company. I don't know. It's tough thinking about it coming straight out of college because it's like you got a job offer, you take the job. You wanted to get something. I wanted to get something. I wanted to go with it right away. I didn't have time to think and be like, or at least I didn't think at the time. I had time where I'm like, oh, maybe I can wait this out, see what other opportunities come along. I just wanted to be like, boom, boom, got a job, committed to it right away. And then now it's like, oh, could have taken a couple of weeks to think about it, explored other opportunities and stuff. But I think, I don't know. I'm just confused on that whole part of seeing it from both sides because I haven't experienced it where I can just commit to something and then just drop it in a couple months. This is this is kind of a personal question, so you don't have to answer it if you don't want. But and I'm just curious, um, generally, both for me and, and for the audience, because you're saying that like, oh, you just got a job and you jumped on it right away. Yeah. Um, did you like go through like multiple interviews at at different places and were kind of like considering? different offers from different jobs or was it just like first offer you got you jumped on it you just wanted to have a job out of college yeah i mean like i applied to different places but it you just i didn't hear back gotcha and that could have been me not following up with them and taking the time to do that because i think i had the mindset where i'm like okay i already have this other job i'll be fine with that and i didn't think at the time if i knew now what i knew if i had the same mindset back then i think it would have been a lot different but yeah no i just I was like, I already have this job. It's locked in. I can take this straight out of college. But yeah, I think if I had other opportunities, I would have explored those more than just jumping right in. Gotcha. Brady, could you phrase your, could you say your question again? Your original one? Yeah. Um, and I, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but my question was um, like, like jumping in versus like, like thinking it out before, over before you start. So like, Joey brought up the topic earlier of like, oh, I'm whatever, seven, eight months in and had this big kind of like aha moment where I thought it over and thought like this wasn't right for me and backed out. Is that is that the good way to do it when you just jump in, take action? Or Joey was saying like, oh, I could have thought about this more previous to starting, but I think it's a double-edged sword because you could sit there and deliberate for two, three, four, five months, not do anything about it um, and still not have the experience of it. So my question is, what side of that fence do you fall on or should you fall on if you have an idea? I think that was the question. Yeah, it was. And I just wanted you to say it again because I, it's hard for me because I've started a lot of companies. I'm probably at like number 14, which means I've been with a lot of different founders. And it feels like a lot of people do do the Joey route where it's like just jump in, I got to give this a try. And I think that's really good. But I also think there's a side of it that's really bad. From a standpoint of, I think a lot of people jump in without being self-aware at all. And that's where I have a big problem. Is like, I see a lot of people jump in saying that they're ready to take on a challenge where I could legitimately sit there within an hour and just look at them and be like, who are you? Who are you fooling? Like, I know you're not going to make it longer than two months. Enjoy. That wasn't for you. But there are a lot of people that I legitimately see they're come on as employees or whatever it might be. And they're just like, yep, I'm all in. Like, I got the passion. I got the power. I got fire. I'm going to work on the 60 hours a week. And I'll sit there for two hours and be like, this person's gone. Like, it's just, I'm going to give them the couple of months, but they should have known out of the gate that this isn't for them. And sorry, sorry I, want, I want you to continue that, but really quickly, are most of the people you see that do that, are they recurring entrepreneurs that are just like, oh, I want to try this new thing, or I want to try this new thing, or is it someone that's like trying entrepreneurship for the first time? It's trying entrepreneurship for the first okay. time. Okay, okay that's, that's all I wanted. Yep. Whenever I run into entrepreneurs, for the most part, that have started multiple things, and when I say started things, I mean that have actually built something. Hmm. Like, the difference is when we sit down and have a meeting about starting something, you can see the self-awareness in the from the standpoint of, yes, I'm all in. I'm going to try this. You know I'm going to put in whatever amount of time. You know what my bandwidth is. You know I've done it before. 
And even when things aren't working, like I'm still going to be there. But two years from now, if things are still going to crap, like it's going to be a mutual decision that I leave. Because like I'm self-aware enough to know this is exactly what I'm getting into. And I'm 100% committed to the bit. It might not be the thing I should be doing for the rest of my life, but I'm 100% committed to the bit. And like, that's my biggest problem with like, and I, I knew it would happen again between all of us because obviously, I mean, we're just trying things, exploring things together. That's why we wanted to create something together as a group of friends. And that's why we said our relationship had to be very open. So none of us were, I mean, you know, devastated or miserable. But if I was starting a real company, like, I don't think I would ever start anything with someone that hasn't built something before anymore. Because, you know, the people that are exploring things like Joey, it wasn't Joey's fault, but he got eight months down the road and really dug in and looked at what his life was and became self-aware to the point where that he couldn't do it. And, you know, when Brandon first started, he thought that he could do X amount of posts a day, do a podcast, do it on multiple social media feeds, whatever else. I knew, I think I knew, I think other people knew there's no chance that was going to happen. I'd give the encouragement, I'd give the support, but I never expected it week over week. Like, I think as you get further and further into this deal, you know what to expect out of people. And... I think that comes down to the commitment. Like, I think if I, as a lot of entrepreneurs, and I could be wrong because I don't know what you guys think in your head, but I feel pretty confident that when I tell you guys that I'm going to get something done, you guys always expect me to get it done by the time we meet next. Like, it doesn't matter how late I have to stay up. You just expect me to get it done. Because that's the self-awareness thing. I'm not going to commit to something that I know I can't get done. And that's where I think a lot of people that jump into entrepreneurship need to have that self-awareness. Just really look at themselves and be like, can I actually do it? Instead of just riding the high and saying, I can do it. So that's kind of that's kind of what I think when it comes to jumping in. I think you always need to experience things like Joey said. But I also think like experience them with self-awareness. Be honest with yourself. That's, That's a good point. point. I, and I, I, I think, think this is, I don't think this is pushing back, although it may be seen like that. I think this is actually supporting what you're saying. But I think there are so few people, corporate, entrepreneurship, whatever, what have you, that actually have the mindset of like, oh yeah, I'll give up two hours of sleep or I'll give up like my two hours of watching TV to relax or my night out like at a bar to get things done. Like, I think people's like limitation is like, I'll give you my time during work day or like whatever you want to call that, like seven to eight or like eight to five, whatever. But outside of that, like, and you see it in the corporate world, like I'm, I'm so amazed at, at how unwilling people are to do, to do like an extra, like two, three hours of work, like just outrageous, which I always thought was just like, Oh, you get asked to do this. You just do it. People are just like, nah, like I work 40, 45 hours a week and that's it. So I don't even, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, there's so, so, so few people that do that, that it's so tough to like, to measure against that saying like, oh, you're going to, you know what I mean? Um, I didn't mean to say that I was measuring against that, I guess. No, I, more clear, I guess I, I could care less and Joe, I'm just going to use you as, as an example. Like I could care less if we would have sat down with EE at the beginning and Joey walked in, he was like, I want to explore this thing. And realistically for me to be sane and do everything that I need to do, I can give you guys 30 minutes a week. In that case, I don't care. Like, I don't care if you give me 30, an hour, seven hours, 50 hours. I just want to know what you commit to and then have you commit to it. I think the biggest part when people start an entrepreneurship the commitment part over and over I keep coming back to is everyone starts and goes, I will give 80 hours. You don't know what 80 hours feels like. Like if you sat there and actually timed a week of 80 hours of work, there is no time for anything else. And you can say you put in 80 hours a week and you're just driving back and forth and 
going to the bathroom, talking to people, and going out to eat. It's not an 80-hour week. Like a real 80-hour week, very few people know what that feels like. It's the wor- it's it's a hell week. If you push to 100, you're insane. The few actual 100-hour weeks I've done, I actually thought I needed to check myself into a clinic after. Because it didn't feel healthy at all. Your ability, that's just the only thing that bothers me when it comes to entrepreneurship and the commitment part. It's just, you can explore it. Be honest about exploring it. Like, say what you're going to do. Don't say you're going to do way more than that and then not do it. I think you're, and I, I can tell you're wrong, but I think we're now having a conversation about expectations and not commitment. Or maybe, maybe we are still, maybe it's, maybe it's both. Maybe they're intertwined. But just like what you're saying, like the upfront, like, here's what it is. Um, expectations, which probably go hand in hand because that's like expectations of yourself and expectations of other people. Um, and that I think falls in line with commitment. Um, sorry to get more on that. No, go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I just, I think the jump in versus like think it over. I, I don't know. I think both sides are provide value. And I think Joey brought up the point earlier of like, if you're doing it part time versus full time, like, I think that makes a big difference because I think you can jump in when you're doing stuff part-time. Not all the time the case, but versus if you're doing it full-time, like, you, I think you need to spend a lot more time and you you voice this, Joey, like, thinking it over before you start if you're going to go jump in full-time, quit your job, whatever. Like, then you take that time to think it over beforehand, and I think you still should, but um, I think it's a lot easier to jump in when you're doing it um, part-time, especially if you, if you have the time or bandwidth. I'm trying to connect this back to something, Bobby, you were talking about earlier. Everybody that's read Tools of Titans here has definitely seen it, but the concept of, like, hell yeah versus no, like, taking new opportunities, and I'm wondering if that applies here at all to, like, jumping in, exploring this, like, new topic, Um, because, like, a lot of people have have kind of voice-tracked the, like, oh, I want to try this out, like, let's see how this is, and the concept of, like, the hell yeah versus no sticks out in my head um, for like taking new opportunities. I don't know if that applies here, but that's what I keep keep thinking of is like when when you're saying like, oh, if you should jump in, if you should do this, if you're passionate about it, like you should be committed to it. And I think you should if that answer is like, hell yeah. Like when someone asks you the question, like, are you going to start this? Are you going to do this? The question is like, hell yeah. And otherwise it should be like, no. I don't know if that connects, but that, that's what keeps coming off my head just hearing this conversation going back and forth. For, in general, not just uh, me. I actually have, and this could be a good time to wrap up, but and we can cut this if it doesn't relate. But one thing I want to talk about was something that Brandon said, and it kind of relates to commitment. Um, but he was talking about how after college he was looking just for a full time gig and found one and took it right away. I think there's a lot of different motivations for doing that exact thing. But in your guys' opinion, do you think that happens sometimes because like we feel obligated to take on this full-time, um, consistent income, this very safe route after college, maybe because with some of us at least our our parents helped us pay for college and we feel like we owe them to go somewhere where we can get that consistent income and not take this big risk of yeah we just paid tens of thousands of dollars for you to go to college and now you're gonna do what nothing uh you're not gonna make any income for two years but uh what was the point of us helping you um, with your future if you're not going to do something with it right away. Um, what do you guys think? you think people feel obligated right out of college to take on um, this full-time gig? If, and you guys might not be in this situation, but and even if you're not, I feel like you can have a take on it. Uh, do you think they feel obligated or committed to having to take on a full-time, uh, consistent income type of role because they received this assistance with like uh, their finances in, in college. So I'm curious, actually I'm not curious. I just want to make sure I'm not going crazy and my, my thoughts are, are linear. Um, did we have some sort of conversation around, the, around this on Sunday or no? Or, or last, whenever the last podcast was? 
didn't we have like didn't we have some something surrounding this or no? Yeah, just from a standpoint of observing the masses and doing the opposite. Like, like we were talking from a standpoint about standpoint of like yeah, all of those outside. Like parents would put like like, like parents would would push you to take a job, not push you, but like in the right mind, like not in a bad way. We talked about that, right? Yeah, not this specifically, but more of just the crowd aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure I, we had that conversation. Okay. Of doing the crowd aspect of choosing the routes after college or having, okay, like the, the motivation of the of the parents and the financial aspect of it. Just because... Not the finance. We didn't talk about that part, though. Uh-huh. We don't have to talk about it, but... No, I thought that was just something like to talk that about it quick. Yeah, I'm gonna you. I was trying. I want to make sure I wasn't like saying the same, same, saying the same thing. Right, right. No, I think that's just another kind of. When Brian was talking about it, I was like, well, now I think about it. Maybe some people feel bad about, maybe not bad, but feel obligated to do something that they're going to receive income and help maybe pay their student loans, and because their parents did help them pay, and they don't want to just throw it all away. And I put that in in quotes because that's not what you're doing but it's maybe that's how your parents see it or something like that so what do you, what do you guys think about that you think that's a motivation that causes some people to take a full-time job like that um right out of college just some corporate job anything really i think a lot of people have a lot of superficial reasons for taking a, a job right out of college and i'm calling them superficial only from the standpoint of you know there's a lot of people that will take a job right out of college because they don't want to go live in their parents' basement for a year because they don't want to. They don't want to have that image. Uh, they take a job right away because they want to buy that car. They want to move in with their friends in that nice apartment uptown or whatever it might be. I think a lot of people also like Joey just brought up, and this is a very valid thing to be concerned about. I mean, your parents pay for college; they want you to get a job. But I think it's superficial from a standpoint of if you actually sat down with your parents and say, hey, mom and dad, thank you so much for what you did. I'm going to move in for six months because I don't want to waste that money you put into making me who I am. Just taking any job that gets thrown at me that I'm not going to be happy at. Like, I actually want to take advantage of what you gave me and I want to find something I love and I want to find something that makes a difference. I think if your parents sit there and look at you and go, no, man, I paid for your college. Like, get out there and just take that job that was thrown at you. In my opinion, I would just look at my parents and be like, hell no. Like, if I'm going to be miserable, if I'm not going to enjoy my best life just because you have this opinion of what I should be doing, pass. Like... That's one lucky thing I had with my parents. My dad legitimately would be so disappointed in me. Like if right now things got too tough and I quit entrepreneurship because I could go find something comfy or something that I didn't enjoy quite as much, he would probably sit me down for hours and just yell at me because he'd just be so disappointed that I just gave up on what I actually wanted to do. And that's where I think like if you don't have parents that support that, I don't want you to go and just disobey your parents, but your parents shouldn't make decisions that make your life better or worse. They shouldn't. I mean, I think you should respect your elders. You should take care of them, everything. But they're not you. And they're going to... What do you say, Brandon? I said said it looks looks like Brady's going to disagree with you. I am. And that's fine. I I actually... I'll stop then. I'd like to hear him. I, I, I am, um, because from the circumstance of, um, and I, I'm, the reason I say this is because I know a lot of people that talked about moving back into their parents and their parents said no, like legitimately, like, and I, I don't think it was from a bad place. I think it was exactly what you just said, Bobby. Like they thought it was the best thing for them. Like, no, you need to learn how to like be on your own, live on your own. Um, and I know like multiple people that that happened to before, like two years ago, I would have like said exactly what you said and still like everybody on this call is in the same boat that you are. You know what I mean? Like our parents would want us to come back in, uh, or not want us to come back in, but like do what you love, like that sort of thing. And I don't think that's the case for all people. And I don't think that's a, that's a thing of like parents trying to like do something bad by their kids. I think like parents truthfully think just like, no, you need to be on your own. Like you went to college, 
Um, you're not on my dime anymore, like move out. That's not the case in all scenarios, but um, I do think that's, I think that's more prevalent than what either we see or we think it is because we're very much from like the group of like, oh yeah, come back in. Like we have the resources and the, and the availability to have you come move back in with us. But I don't think that's, I don't think that's true for everyone or even the majority. I'm not sure. I just, I want to present the other viewpoint of that as well. And I agree with that. I mean, yeah. I guess I shouldn't have put so much emphasis on moving back in. I guess more of my emphasis, emphasis should be on if you do take that job, get the hell out of it within three months yep. while you're looking for something else that you like. Yep. You don't be afraid of your parents saying, hey, why are you leaving that cushy job to do something else that might be paying you $30,000 less a year? I, I think that's, that's, I think that's, that's a great point. point. And I yeah. think like that's what I hear when I think of Joey like bringing up his parents. Because I mean, I can bring up my wife, for example. You know, she quit an actual job to nanny. Like her mom, her mom was like so disappointed in her. Yeah. And like she came home crying a couple times, just like I, I'm just disappointing my parents. And I was like, who gives a crap? Like I sit down with your dad all the time, and he said that he wishes over the last thirty years he could enjoy his job, but he hates what he's doing. And I was like. Who gives a crap what they think? Like, if you can wake up every morning and do something you genuinely like for $40,000 less and you can still make it by, your parents, they're your biggest influencers, but they'll eventually get over it. And if you can actually sit down with them and be like, Mom, Dad, you want me to do something I don't like? Like, and they say, No, we don't want you to do, we want you to do something you don't like so you make more money. Well, then, just ignore it because that's stupidity. <laughs> like, that's, I think that's where a lot of people, I could be wrong, but I feel like that has a large influence on people's decisions. Definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Brandon, do you have anything after you guys go? I can we wrap it up there because I agree. I think that's a good point. Yeah, I think mine, I felt that way that my parents were a huge influence on the decision I made just because I did feel bad because it has been since kindergarten that they were paying for my school and I was like I don't want to do that anymore but they are also encouraging to say live with us get some build up some ground and money and then go do what you want to do after that and they still like my mom will tell me every day when I talk to her on the phone or something she's like you know feel free to move back in whenever you want she's like love to have you here and I'm like okay so I mean it's nice knowing that you have that backup if you ever do need it um but I also know that there is people that don't get that support and that's just, I mean, that's tough, but I don't know. Another thing that pisses me out, I don't know why I just thought of this, but we, there's a girl that went to our high school that has not had a job and she lives in an apartment that is about as much as ours and her parents are paying for everything. And it's probably more. And stuff like that, that just makes me so mad because it's like, her parents, obviously, you know, her parents have been supporting her whole life doing that stuff. That stuff pisses me off. It's like, your parents are supporting you so much throughout your whole school and whatever you're doing. And to have been three years out of college and not have any motivation, there could be other stuff behind it, but just like, do anything. Go work at a coffee shop, do anything and move back in. Like, Sure, it's going to be embarrassing that you could say you live with your parents, maybe, but who cares? I mean, you got like, I don't know, that's that's a little rant, but that's just the whole time we were talking about that, like, that made me so mad. No, I, I agree. I think so. One thing I wanted to clarify with me is I, I mean, I didn't feel that pressure, the financial pressure, um, but I just wanted to bring that up because um, when we were talking about that, that that could be another motivation that I thought of that, that, um, yeah, I want to please my parents because they, they gave me this, this financial, um, this financial assistance. Um, but I think overall, a lot of people, just to kind of round it all out, a lot of people's motivations after college are influenced by their parents, no matter, no matter what it is, just because they've cared for them their whole lives. And so I, I think, Bob, you were talking about, like, they don't want to disappoint their parents. And when they do, it's really sad. And if, Let's say your wife didn't have someone like you to be like, it's okay, you're doing something you love, then they might stray back to that, going to whatever she was doing before. So it's really nice 
to kind of round it off here, to have that support system that you talked about at the beginning of this whole podcast and which allows you to do something maybe that you love more. And I don't even think it's parents, parents either. either. Like, I, I think, think it's, it's just everyone, everyone in society, you know, like the way, and we talked about this last one, but like just the way we look at success is like, oh, like you have a stable job, like whatever, even if it doesn't, whatever it pays, like, oh yeah, that's like acceptable in society's eyes, but everybody's so concerned, obviously from their parents, but every other person in society as well, that's just like, oh no, like they did it as startup for a year and didn't make any money or made like X amount and like they're not in a standard job. Like I think that's like society's viewpoint has been so, like people don't go to school to become entrepreneurs. Um, people go to school to take like all the corporate jobs. So I think even like teachers and everybody else like promotes that so much. So I just think it's so ingrained in us. And I agree that it, it shouldn't be and needs to be out.